In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, we see the Red Tabernacle Veil, May 21st. We celebrate the, the martyrs today of Mexico, St. Christopher, Christopher Magianis and Companions. And it's good to consider the, the fortitude of these saints, a little bit of their lives. They, it was uh, Christopher Magianis and 24 others who were murdered in Mexico from 1915 to 1937, most of them during the Cristero Uprising. They often would make that proclamation before their execution, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. Great act of faith and courage in the moment of their death. The Cristeros sometimes took up arms, but each of today's martyrs, in obedience to the Mexican bishops, refused to fight. To a man, they humbly accepted death, praising God and blessing their executioners. Christopher Magallanes' final words were, I am innocent and I die innocent. I forgive with all my heart those responsible for my death. And I ask God that the shedding of my blood may serve to bring peace to divided Mexicans. A supernatural outlook on, well, the end of the earthly life for this, uh, this saint. So we go to their intercession as we make our prayer here in this oratory in Manhattan. And this feast day is shared with another one, a blessed in this case, who we've considered in previous meditations, Blessed Franz Jagerstatter, May 21st is his feast day. Perhaps you know a bit about his story. I think here too we have a great example of um, a, a fortitude, of really, uh, truly loving God above all things and the consequences that, that come with that, that love for God, that, that courage. I think his life, as well as the life of those Mexican martyrs, can be an inspiration for us to fulfill, to fulfill the duty of the moment, no matter the cost. And well, let's be honest, my brother, in general, the cost is not as great as you know, facing execution for us. It's, the cost is going to be our pride, our, you know, our envy, our lust, our gluttony, our, our, our sloth. That's what we want to, uh, to, to attack, really, for the love of God. So it, in the, the, the example of here of uh, Blessed Franz, which I think is also a good example for us. He was a man in the middle of the world. In his case, he wasn't called to the convent, or the monastery, to religious life.
Franz was born on May 20th, 1907 in St. Radegund, Upper Austria, to his unmarried mother, Rosalia Huber, and to Franz Beckmeyer, who was killed during World War I. After the death of his natural father, Rosalia married Heinrich Jagerstatter, who adopted Franz and gave the boy his surname of Jagerstatter in 1917. Franz received a basic education in his village's one-room schoolhouse, so high up in the mountains of, of Austria. His step-grandfather helped with his education, and the boy became an avid reader. It seems Franz was unruly in his younger years. He was, in fact, the first in his village to own a motorcycle. This is a sign of being a rebel back in the day, I guess. However, he is better known as an ordinary and humble Catholic who did not draw attention to himself. After his marriage to Francisca in 1936 and their honeymoon in Rome, Franz grew in his faith but was not extreme in his piety. You get a sense he was another fellow there in the town, in the village, in the mountains there, without any... Um, I know, there's no calling attention to himself. In the mid to late 1930s, while much of Austria was beginning to follow the tide of Nazism, Franz became even more rooted in his Catholic faith and placed his complete trust in God. While carrying out his duties as a husband and breadwinner for his wife and three daughters, as a farmer, this ordinary man began thinking deeply about obedience to legitimate authority and obedience to God, about mortal life and eternal life, and about Jesus' suffering and passion. I think there's a lot summed up in that one sentence describing the life of Franz. Uh, he was thinking about things, pondering things. It's, it's good for us to... Well, consider where am I in my faith life, in my journey? Am I obedient to God? Am I obedient to the teachings of the church? Which I, I, I'm not the one who makes them up. We, so, you know, we can't pick and choose. It's, God has revealed himself to us in the word, in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son, that we might have life. And Jesus, thank you. Jesus, you came to this earth for love of us. You sacrificed yourself for us. You are the way and the truth and life for us. And God doesn't leave us as, uh, I don't know, aimless wanderers, or sheep without a shepherd. He truly is our shepherd. He loves us, he cares for us, and he guides us along the right way. And he established a church, Peter, St. Peter, the rock on which our Lord founded his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Although there's many attacks on the church, to be sure. How important it is for us to be united to the vine. Jesus, you are the vine, and we are the branches. And precisely by holding fast to your teachings, to the magisterium of the church, and pondering these things, praying about them. Yes, using the intellect that God has given us, 
to, to go a bit deeper. Why? Why does the church teach this about, uh, about uh, marriage or, or about uh, sexuality or, or about uh, adherence to, to the Sunday obligation? I mean, it's good to think about that and read up on it and, and, and really be formed in that word of God. You get the sense that Blessed Franz did that. He took it seriously. Obedience to God, and yes, obedience to legitimate authority. But there's no uh, obligation at all to follow unjust laws. In fact, we should do all that we can to get rid of unjust laws that go against the dignity of the human person, against the will of God, ultimately. No matter what our personal feelings might be. Franz was neither a revolutionary nor part of any resistance movement. But in 1938, he was the only local citizen to vote against the Anschluss, the annexation of Austria by Germany, because his conscience prevailed over the path of least resistance. Franz was called up for military service and sworn in on June 17, 1940. Shortly thereafter, thanks to the intervention of his mayor, he was allowed to return to the farm. Later, he was in active service from October 1940 to April 1941, until he was once again permitted to return home. He became convinced that participation in the war was a serious sin and decided that any future call-up had to be met with his refusal to fight. He was willing to serve his country in some capacity, but he refused to fight. Franz was at peace with himself despite the alarm he experienced witnessing the masses' capitulation to Hitler. He was, he was alone in that regard in many ways. And not, and that's ultimately what, what will well, you know, be the, 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 um, well, cause his death, his refusal to pledge allegiance to Hitler. In February of 1943, Franz was called up again for military service. He presented himself at the induction center on March 1st, 1943, and announced his refusal to fight offering to carry out nonviolent services. This was denied him. He was held in custody at Linz in March and April, and transferred to Berlin in May, and subject to trial on July 6, 1943, when he was condemned to death for sedition, because he refused to make a pledge to Hitler. And he was being encouraged by many people around him who, whom he loved to just, you know, just make that pledge. His wife remained faithful to him and, and supported him, but many people even ridiculed him for his position. What, what is your resistance here going to... What does it matter? No one's going to know about this. You're wasting your life. You're, you're going to leave your, your wife a widow and three 
daughters as orphans, well, without a father. And yet he remained, remained faithful, he steadfast in his decision to follow his conscience. The prison chaplain was struck by the man's tranquil character. On August 9th, before being executed, that was the date of his execution, August 9th, 1943, Franz wrote, If I must write with my hands in chains, I find that much better than if my will were in chains. Neither prison nor chains nor sentence of death can rob a man of the faith and his free will. God gives so much strength that it is possible to bear any suffering. People worry about the obligations of conscience, less than their concern for my wife and children. But I cannot believe that just because one has a wife and children, a man is free to offend God. Talk about fortitude. This is, this is evangelical. This is from Scripture when Jesus said, unless you love Unless you love God, unless you love me more than father and mother and brother and sister, you cannot be not my disciple. Franz was taking those words seriously in this case. Of course he loved his wife. Of course he understood the pain that he would feel in his wife and his girls. But God is above that. And now we have this blessed Franz in heaven interceding for us, interceding he would certainly intercede from heaven for his wife who lived to a very old age I think she lived to be over a hundred I read an article this last year young couple of young students from the University of Dallas who went there to the town of Austria and one of the daughters you know, still alive hosted, hosted this group of, of girls who went there and the, the daughter is so proud of her father blessed and of course, losing your father at that young age it, it, it must have been incredibly painful. But again, we're called to, well, to follow God's will, to follow God's law above all things, and to look at the big picture, really. Whenever we see suffering, we have to remember that we are aiming for eternal life. And I, we get that in the sense of these... Well, these Today's saints from Mexico and the Cristero movement and, and, and Blessed Franz. And, and to realize, our, our, in a sense, our integrity depends on it. We're sinners. Lord, forgive us. We, we fail you so often. I fail you so often. I want to follow you. But, but I just, you know, it's, I, I sort of do the opposite. You know, I think we could all relate to St. Paul, right? When he uh, writes in his letter to the Romans, Chapter 7. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. So then it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. And he's not saying, 
He's not giving himself, giving himself a free ride here. He's, he's basically sin is in me. I don't want to. I see the good that I should do, but I, I do have sin. And I, you get the sense he's really struggling with this. St. Paul, he, he wants to live the life, but it's not easy. And he, he's humble. He begs the Lord in another one of his other letters. Lord, I've asked you three times, take this thorn from my side. So Some sin that, you know, some weakness that St. Paul was dealing with. He asked the Lord for help. Do we need to ask him for help? What's the thorn in my side? Lord, help me. And, and St. Paul did receive an answer in that case. My grace is sufficient for you. That should give us a lot of hope as we, you know, as we struggle with our sins and, and we relate to St. Paul here when he, when he talks about this, uh, for I, I, I do not do the good that I want to do, but instead I do the evil that I, that, that is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want to, it is no longer I that do it, but sin which dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, and making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He's speaking for himself, but also, in a sense, more importantly, for the common man, the state of mankind after the fall. We all have to struggle with sin, so we shouldn't be surprised that we're tempted by sin, and that it's a struggle, and we see the good we should do, but we tend to do the opposite. Okay, well, that's... That's the reality, so much so that, that Paul laments, you know, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he has an answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, you are the answer. You are the Savior. We need to, get, we need to go to Jesus. We need to be faithful to Jesus. We need to listen to Jesus. We need to adhere to his word, no matter the cost. To go along the path of life. Choose life, we read in the Old Testament. Choose the way of life that brings us to God. And not be enslaved by sin, by pride, envy, anger, or lust, or sloth. But but really try to live out that um, freedom that comes only from God. Jesus, in his preaching that we have recorded in Scripture, only mentions freedom once, really. He makes reference to it in other ways in regard to freedom from sin and whatnot. But we have those uh, those words of John's chapter 8. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's how Jesus describes freedom. Hold to my word. Continue in my word. Another, another translation. Continue in my doctrine. Oh, that, that evil word, doctrine, right? Oh, you, you know, Catholics are so rigid about doctrine, always these dogmas. And, well, Jesus spoke. 
That's what doctrine is. Jesus spoke, and we got to try to follow. We got to understand it and be guided by the Holy Spirit, by the magisterium. Yes, Jesus spoke, and it is demanding. If you so much as look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed sin. It's demanding what what Jesus has preached. But that's precisely our way to arrive to true freedom. If you continue in my word, and by the way, it's not just all these tough things to do. <laughs> you love your neighbor, you love your parents. Hopefully that's not too hard, you know? I mean, <laughs> praise the Lord, uh, re- rejoice in his blessings. I mean, he, living the faith life is not a, a big weight on our shoulders until we die. In Blessed Franz, he, he, was, he loved his family, he, was, he loved being a farmer. The beauty of Austria. Hold to my word. Continue in my doctrine. Yes, be ready to serve. And yes, be ready to pick up the cross, of course. But there's a lot of joy in that way, in that self-denial. If you continue in my word, you, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. In the film, The Hidden Life, film about Blessed Franz, um, there's a scene in which a friend is visiting him. And as a, re- as a reviewer, a priest who reviewed the movie, uh, described it. He said, Blessed Franz's life reveals the cost of making such a choice. In his laconic, reserved voice, he utters four simple words that reveal why one might be willing to pay such a cost. While in prison, he is told that if he simply changes his mind and swears loyalty to Hitler, he will be set free. Franz replies, but I am free. He's in prison. He sees the writing on the wall. He's free. He's following his conscience. If you hold to my doctrine, you will be my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Am I striving to, to know and to hold to the teachings of Christ, to, to the word of Christ, the demanding words of love and, and respect for life, the dignity of every human person? from conception to natural death, and during every moment in between, helping those who are most needy, being willing to get out of myself, to to help the downtrodden, the oppressed, the poor. Do I do something? Is there something I can do? Am I free? And and just in little things of daily life, am I free from my own slavery to pride and anger and envy and what do people think of me? I want to be free, Lord. I I mentioned before this comment that this priest who reviewed the movie makes after after he saw it himself. He's very honest. He's very open about, about how the movie affected him. A priest named Father Michael Rainier I'm not ashamed to admit that this film rattled me. I suspect that I wasn't alone, because after the full three-hour screening, much of the audience sat in introspective silence while the credits rolled. I sat and pondered my own personal integrity 
Remember this life of Blessed Franz is a great example of personal integrity. So I can't sign, I can't pledge allegiance to Hitler. My conscience just, just won't let. It's just, I can't. I can't. Now, whatever consequences come my way, so be it. I sat and pondered my own personal integrity, the way in which I'm willing to cut corners or tell little white lies to avoid a hassle and the rationalizations I make to justify my behavior. These small inconsistencies make my life easier, but they also make me less free. I am bound and beholden to these conveniences. My failings in this regard are socially acceptable. No one would blink an eye to learn of them, and yet there they are, hidden in the depths of my soul like a poison. As anyone who has tried to curb a vice or make some self-improvement knows, the effort to change will at best be internal, and no one else will even notice. These little sacrifices for the sake of honesty and personal integrity will never garner applause and never win me a larger following as a priest or a writer. They are, in short, of no importance to anyone except myself. In this kind of scenario, one in which I stand not to gain, but only lose, only to lose by doing the right thing, will I do it? Well, indeed, Lord, thank you for your, your, your love and, and help me to be a man of integrity. And um, we do gain, we do gain by following our, our conscience and trying to live our personal integrity. We're trying to gain heaven, ultimately. Blessed Franz is in heaven. Pope Benedict XVI beatified him in October of 2007. And here we are on his feast day. Good to go to his intercession. Look at his example of fortitude, of integrity, of, of being free the right way. And trying to fight against this cutting corners, this, this priest, and again, his honesty, and he too, I think, just like St. Paul in Romans chapter 7, I think this priest is describing you know, the human condition. It's a, pretty easy to fall into that. You know, those little white lies, I don't I want to look good, I don't want people to think ill of me. Um, yeah, I don't know, sometimes, Lord, help me to, just tell me to be sincere and say it, whatever i got to say. In spiritual direction, obviously in confession, or to the boss, whatever the case may be. I need, I need that integrity, that, that honesty. And in, the, in that way I am for yes, consequences will, will come along, like in the case of Blessed Franz, or these, these saints of, of Mexico, you know, with their very lives. Well, Let's strive to live our own fortitude, our own integrity in the little things of daily life, just being a, a, an upright man. And Lord, help me. I, I, I've got a long way to go, but I'll try. I'll try to lo truly love you, Lord, above all things. And one of his, in one of his letters, Franz did write, from his, uh, you know, from his prison cell, he wrote to a, to a godchild. 
I can say from my own experience how painful life often is when one lives as a halfway Christian. It is more like vegetating than living. It says they're fire in Blessed Frost. I didn't, I don't, Lord, I don't want to be a halfway Christian. It's sort of a contradiction in terms. A Christian is, you know, got to be on, is called to be on fire. Yeah, sinners, yes, we were sinners, but let's, let's ask the Lord for that, that fire of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's very honest. I can say from my own experience that how painful life is to live as a halfway Christian. Maybe we can also say that from our place, but we're trying. We want to try. We don't want to vegetate. We want to live. Like St. Paul, for me to live is Christ. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to help us in this wonderful adventure of life. And yes, to, to do so with great freedom, which is to, you know, is to follow Christ. The best way to use our freedom is to, as Jesus said, hold to his doctrine, hold to his words, to be his disciple, to know the truth and allow that truth to make us free. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.